Lace up your skates. I gotta cut you. I mean, at this age, if you can't be great at hockey, don't bother. And get ready to fly. You being a superhero is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Now take me flying or I'm gonna tell everyone you're invincible. Sorry, not sorry. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, March 26th through Sunday, March 28th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, your entertainment headlines. Emmy winner Jessica Walter, who most recently starred on Arrested Development and the animated series Archer, has died. She was 80. Walter's early career, which spanned five decades, was largely defined by stage roles. Her feature film debut was 1964's Lilith, where she starred opposite Gene Hackman and Warren Beatty. She followed that with roles in Play Misty For Me, The Group, and Grand Prix. On the small screen, her other credits include Beverly Hills 90210, Trapper John M.D., Streets of San Francisco, and the limited series Amy Prentice, for which she won an Emmy. Veteran character actor Richard Gilliland has also died. He was 71. The actor was married to Gene Smart, who he met on the set of her comedy Designing Women. His many other credits include Desperate Housewives, The Love Boat, St. Elsewhere, Dexter, and 24. Comedian Bo Burnham is the latest to join the cast of HBO's upcoming series about the Los Angeles Lakers. He will play former NBA MVP Larry Bird in the project, which is being produced by Adam McKay. He joins a growing roster that also includes Jason Siegel and Adrian Brody as former Lakers coaches Paul Westhead and Pat Riley, respectively, Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, Interviews and more, head over to EW.com. All right, let's get on the case of this weekend's picks. Number five is another addition to the SHCU. That's Sherlock Holmes Cinematic Universe. The Irregulars, the new Netflix series set in Victorian London, centers not on the iconic sleuth, but the Baker Street Irregulars, a group of street kids recruited to solve crimes for Holmes and Dr. Watson. They're soon drawn into a supernatural mystery that threatens not only London, but the entire world. And it'll be up to the Irregulars to stop an emerging dark power. Here's a preview. My business partner and I been watching you from our apartment on Baker Street. Your sister has a gift. She can see things normal people cannot. That's the doctor's name. John. John Watson. He knows much more than what he's telling us. Some strange things have been happening recently. 221B Baker Street. Sherlock Holmes. What do you think happened to him? Sherlock Holmes doesn't exist anymore. What the hell have you got us involved in? What indeed? The Irregulars creator Tom Bidwell told EW that the show was inspired by Holmes creator Arthur Conan Doyle's own interest in the supernatural and that the show will be equal parts mystery, action, and romance. Sounds like you don't need to be a detective to know there's something for everyone here. The Irregulars is streaming on Netflix now. Number four. 
The boys won't be back in town for a while, but our number four pick is another Amazon Prime series that should scratch that superheroes gone bad itch. The animated series Invincible debuts on the streaming service today, starring Steven Yeun as the titular teenage hero, aka Mark Grayson, who's the son of the most powerful superhero on Earth, Omni-Man. The show starts out in standard origin story territory as Mark discovers his powers, learns from his super dad, and starts saving the world. But things soon take a very dark turn as Mark discovers his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. Series creator Robert Kirkman, who also created the comic book series that the show is based on, recently spoke to EW about translating his work to animation. I think that when it comes to superhero television shows, there's a billion of them. And uh, there aren't any adult animation ones. I guess Harley Quinn, uh, which came out while we were developing this, counts. But uh, uh, there hasn't been like a mature animated version of a, of a superhero show. I mean, this is, you know, on par with the boys as far as content goes. Uh, it just happens to be animated. So, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a great way for us to stand apart in a, in a crowded landscape. But more than that, I think that it allows us to to more properly adapt the Invincible comic. The Invincible comic will have, you know, one battle on Earth, and then the next scene will be a battle in space, and then there'll be an alien invasion, and then there'll be another guy that attacks after the alien invasion, and it's like, there's no way that we could keep this level of insanity up in live action. We would have to do a tremendous amount of bottle episodes to, you know, uh, level it all out, and there would be a lot of... uh, uh, you know, battle starting and then, you know, someone gets knocked out and then you cut away and come back to the aftermath of the battle and go, man, that was a crazy battle. I can't believe that guy's (laughs) head got cut off. Holy crap. Yeah, this show is a lot, but in a good way. You can stream it on Amazon Prime right now. We've already heard plenty of celebrities on this podcast talk about how much they loved The Queen's Gambit. But we just had to share Eddie Izzard's answer about why she loved the show when EW's Maureen Lee Linker asked her, what you watching? I did enjoy uh, Queen's Gambit. That was uh, something which uh, I've watched twice now. Uh, Making chess sexy. Um, An unusual thing to do because I don't quite believe it. I would like more women who are quirky women and they turn into quite glamorous women to be doing chess. I'm not sure if they are, but... I didn't care about it. After a while, I didn't care. Okay, she's just a wild card. And maybe once she's done it, there will be a a young girl going to come through. Because chess does seem a very button-down place to be. As we've said before, that's part of what makes the Queen's Gambit work. You don't have to know a rook from a pawn to relate to it. Izzard, by the way, stars in the drama Six Minutes to Midnight in theaters and on PVOD Today, playing a half-German, half-English man who teaches at a British finishing school that caters to young German women on the eve of World War II. You can read more about that and why Izzard played a male lead in the film over at EW.com. Now on to our Oscar-worthy number three pick, The Father. 
The Best Picture nominee stars Oscar winners Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Colman as a father and daughter dealing with the realities of dementia as the disease takes its toll on Hopkins' character and his memory. French playwright Florian Zeller adapted his own play for the film, which may seem rather simple with its limited locations and small cast of characters, but it soon reveals itself to be a layered, multi-dimensional beast where nothing is quite what it first appears to be. Here's a preview. Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How do you do, sir? I say you're gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) I must say he's charming. Yeah, not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? Actually, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Ma'am, where is she? I'm here. Word to the wise, don't forget the tissues for this one. In addition to Best Picture, The Father has received five other Oscar nominations, including nods for Hopkins, Coleman, and its screenplay. Catch it before the ceremony next month. It's available now on VOD. It's trivia time! Anthony Hopkins famously won his Best Actor Oscar for The Silence of the Lambs with just under 25 minutes of screen time. But who is the winner with the least amount of screen time in Oscar history? Was it Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables, Judi Dench for Shakespeare in Love, or Beatrice Strait for Network? Stick around for the answer. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Earlier this week, we featured the NBC comedy Keenan, where Damon Wayans Jr. guest starred as the former boy bandmate of Keenan Thompson's Keenan and Chris Redd's Gary, who is now Keenan's manager. Wayans' character, Satine, is now a huge star who assumes Keenan must be getting all kinds of great deals. Sadly, that's not the case, but it's not all bad news for him. It's so great, in fact, that it's our soundbite of the week. I was talking about the endorsement deals. Oh, we don't have none of those. I'm surprised, Keenan. I feel like you could be doing more. Uh, we are doing a lot, you know. The show just got nominated for another Grammy. Oh. The Atlanta Association of Grandmas Award. You know, it's not easy to keep up that level of integrity. Nominated for a Grammy. That's got to be G-R-A-M-M-I-E, right? Well, whatever it is, it's better than a Razzie. The best, or at least most memorable, baking competition show is back with a new twist. Nailed It, Double Trouble is, fittingly, our number two pick, as the Netflix show returns with twice the fun. This time, amateur bakers will pair up in teams to try their hands at recreating edible masterpieces for a $10,000 prize. This season will feature BFFs, 
brothers and sisters, and even the odd celebrity pair. We have a clip featuring sisters Joey and Hunter King, known for their roles on shows like The Act and The Young and the Restless. Their attempt at crafting a hot air balloon-themed cake is decidedly okay. Take a listen. Joey and Hunter, let's see what you did. why the cake is split on the middle like that. Little bit of buttercream before putting the fondant that will resolve the problem. But again, we have the balloon, we have the two people. Yeah, it's not a balloon, no. right? But it is a, a, an interesting art form. <laughs> it's open for interpretation. Oh boy. <laughs> Joey, Hunter, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, it's fine. Not everyone could sharpen their baking skills during quarantine. You can get a taste of Nailed It Double Trouble on Netflix now. And now let's hit the ice with our number one pick, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. The Ducks are back with a new series on Disney+, and they've evolved from scrappy underdogs to an ultra-competitive powerhouse youth hockey team. After 12-year-old Evan Morrow is unceremoniously cut from the Ducks, he and his mom, Alex, played by Lauren Graham, set out to build their own team of misfits to challenge the cutthroat, win-at-all-costs culture of today's youth sports. With the help of Gordon Bombay, they rediscover the joys of playing just for the love of the game. Here's a preview. The Ducks don't get to take hockey away from you. Stories without a few letdowns are boring I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. They just want to get out there and play. Freaks. Is he doing a trick? Let's start our own team. Look at this. Your first teammate. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Emilio Estevez is back as Coach Bombay, of course, and most of the original Mighty Ducks stars will return for a massive reunion in Episode 6. You can read more about that at EW.com. But here's Estevez on why he finally agreed to reprise his role for the series. Reuniting old IP is, is, at, a, is at a fevered pitch. And, then the, and so the question is, are we at peak nostalgia yet? <laughs> I think if we're not, we're, we're pretty close. So I was I was inspired to to a certain extent by the idea that if I'm ever going to reboot a character, it's probably now or 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 it will, it will never happen. And my conversations with people on the road generally lean into why don't we see you on screen uh, anymore? Or if we do, it's pretty rare. And why are you spending all your time behind the camera? We want to see you on camera more. And and out of those conversations, people have expressed over the years, there's two characters that we'd like to see you revisit. One is Coach Bombay and the other is Billy the Kid. And you start, you start hearing that enough times. What's the old saying? If, if three people tell you you're drunk, it's probably time to sit down. <laughs> and so, so I kind of, I, I, I got to a place where it's, you, you can't ignore the, the data. Um, whether it's coming, you know, on, uh, through social media or, or face to face from people that I would encounter, you know, just on my, in my day to day, that it felt like now was the time. 
And now is the time when you can check out the premiere of The Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+. Trivia. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question, who is the Oscar winner with the least amount of screen time ever? Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables, Judy Dench for Shakespeare in Love, or Beatrice Strait for Network? We're hopping in the Wayback Machine for this one. The answer is Beatrice Strait, who won Best Supporting Actress with less than six minutes on screen in the 1976 film. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.